Welcome back to the Quiet Unsaid podcast powered by Cinnamon. I'm Ewan Gruff and I'm joined as always by my lovely co-host Lachlan Teeley. Today we remember the year 2022 and we discuss some of those films that came out. More specifically, Ewan and I will discuss our top 10 films of the year and maybe a couple of them that just missed out. There's heaps of honorable mentions uh, on my side. I ended up watching 320 films this year. So uh, a lot to discuss that didn't make it. There's also a lot to discuss that's really not worth making uh, our list. But uh, let's queue up that intro and get into the show. We are professionals. Wait, this, is, this is a professional podcast. Yes. Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Hello there. <laughs> Which actually, Did you this get is going to be a bit... Well? Um, yes. So I've got Dune Cam. It's just a camera <laughs> with my Dune steelbook. Well, welcome back, uh, Lachlan. It's uh, a new year. We are co- recording this it is. on New Year's uh, Day, I guess. Day uh, we're one. both a bit hungover. Yes, day one of 355. Uh, <sighs> no, 365. I'm not that 365? hungover. 365? <laughs> the sequel? <laughs> I just added, uh, like, subtracted 10 days. That's... um. Yeah, you won't get those 10 days. I'm taking them away in 2023. I need them a bit to recharge. But no, we are back. And now that the year has wrapped, it's uh, no better time to be talking about everything that released in 2022. We'll we'll get to that in a second. I just want to take a a, a brief moment to, I guess, talk about uh, 2022 and kind of remind you, Lachlan, that at the start of, of, of last year now, we weren't even doing video and I cannot picture the show Mm. not being with video now a a lot has changed towards the end of the year I've been kind of figured out a bit more how to grow on the channel and we got some um, private goals that we set for us for this next year we'll definitely be uh, doing more stuff more than ever uh, with with live streams with additional videos each week not just the uh, one podcast uh, that we do a week. Um, so it's an exciting time. Yeah, uh, I think one thing that that we can tease, or one of two things, we'll get to the other one, which involves the both of us. I've really been enjoying, to me, the highlight has been um, starting this new series called Four Favorites. Uh, definitely not stolen from Letterboxd, by the way. <laughs> Uh, but uh, doing that, inviting guests and chatting about um, films that we usually don't get to because we always focus on the latest stuff. We get to take mm. a look back and maybe appreciate something about horror, something about animation. So I want to tease uh, the next few themes that are coming up in uh, the Four Favorites uh, lineup. Three months back to back, we'll be having new episodes of Four Favorites. Uh, first in February, we're doing the romance slash I'd even allow rom-coms to be in there, everything in the romance genre in uh, favor, I guess, of Valentine's Day and that really romantic month, I'd say. And then in March, um, to celebrate the release of the Creed Free film, we'll be taking a look at sports films. And then in April, with the Super Mario Bros. movie, we'll be chatting about uh, video game movies. There's, there's not that many, and there's not that many good ones. There's even an argument to be made there's not a singular good one, but I think It'll the conversations are just going to be... Uh, video game <laughs> movies for that month. Exactly, yeah, something like that. For the least disappointing favorites uh, <laughs> that month. Doesn't roll off the tongue as easily. But yeah, that's that. Uh, we got even more planned for the rest of the year, but um, I'm really looking forward to to those. But taking a break in January from uh, for that series, but more to come here. And then, Lachlan, do you want to... Do you want to... Do you want to <laughs> tell them what we set as, as a goal for 2023 as a whole when it comes to this YouTube channel? I like how we're saying this is the like what we're going to do, even though for 
a good quarter of the year I was already doing this. Um, right. We just want to hit a couple <laughs> couple of subscriber goals. Uh, we're going for 5K yep. subs. Uh, we'll mm-hmm. just shave our heads. Buzz cut them. I was yes. going to make a Shinder's List joke uh, about buzz cutting heads, but I feel like that's not appropriate no. now that it's coming no. out of my mouth. So, yeah. Look, 5K subs, we're going to shave our heads. That's the uh, that's the goal that we're setting mm-hmm. at 5K. Uh, who knows where that goes? We'll keep setting goals that we want to keep hitting. That's that's yeah. the idea. But we, we've we just recently figured out that, you know, podcasts are fun. People can we, subscribe. Just people can subscribe. Uh, <laughs> we discovered YouTube as an option instead of just yes. podcasting. Um, I mean, how long mm-hmm. have we been doing this for now, Ewan? Like three years? um it's coming up yeah we started in 2023 this is the um yeah three years it's been three years well coming 20- up on the third year now I'm, i can't do math so i don't know how long time we did it all 2020 2020 2021 2022 yeah no this is the fourth year we're doing this it's, it's my been a long gosh time. four Jesus years of Christ, this yeah. and we still do it out of out of the love of it really why i don't think uh <laughs> yeah. i don't think you and i would have I don't know. I don't know how much of a conversation, how much we would have kept in contact, I should say, with each other if we yeah. didn't do this podcast. It's kind of made us uh, keep in communication since uh, leaving the Gold Coast where we were studying film together. And then we went exactly, our separate yeah. ways. And now look at us. Look at us. <laughs> yes. The Paul Rudney. <laughs> look at us. We still got hair at the moment, but if you subscribe, yeah. we might lose it. Uh, and also, I think this year might be monumental for uh because because we're trying to both get into the gun film festival and if we manage to do that do that this will be the first time in um yeah three and a half four years that we get to hang out in person again um i got a long list of stuff that i won't uh lead uh leak here but a long list of stuff that i kind of want to film and do with you (laughs) when we can do something in person uh no the only fans idea isn't happening you and we've already discussed this (sighs) okay i said i I wasn't gonna tell them but i guess you kind of let them know now uh but but yeah you get that for free on on my private uh, instagram channel uh but (laughs) anyways uh so it's a lot of promising stuff in 2023 that's just fun for us and um yeah we give you a bit of an incentive if you end up hitting that subscriber goal. We'll, we'll, we'll give you something of ours, our hair, which is also really weird. <laughs> now I'm thinking over. But maybe I'll then, because I, 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 I like wearing hats, but um, I'm, uh, I, I mean, I'm desperate need of a haircut. <laughs> yeah, you maybe I don't hats. have hair this whole time. I, I won't let you know. Maybe I've been bald this whole, whole time. But yeah, that's that. Uh, let's uh, head on over to uh, the quick news, which is, which is basically, at the moment, just uh, our Avatar 2 box office tracker. The movie is currently already the 23rd highest grossing movie of all time. Uh, that God puts damn. my prediction already in the dust because I said this movie will land somewhere probably between like 30th and 25th uh, in overall ranking. Well, I'm already off there and it's still in theaters across the billion. Uh, it's currently uh, heading towards uh, 1.2 or 1.3 billion. And um, yeah, Lachlan, I just wanted to uh, get your prediction. And where do you think this movie will land? Um after it's done in theaters, you know, not um, considering that it will re-release whenever we get a new Avatar film. Where do you think this theater run will, um, yeah, uh, land it on the overall 
um, highest grossing movies list. I reckon it could just, I mean, I don't know what the the list is in terms of highest grossing. I do think no, it's, it's going to hit the, it here if you the one, I, I, yeah, it. I just saw one point. I think mm. it will break possibly into the top, like, 15. I, mm-hmm. I really do think it, it is going to pass that 1.4 mark. Whether it gets to 1.6, which is where you're kind of going to get into the top 10, I, I'm not 100% yeah. sure. But there's still a good chance that it uh, re-releases has a big boom and up it goes. But I think somewhere yeah. within, you know, you know, spot number 16, 15, you know, between 17 and 15 is where it's going to land. 17 and 15, which will, would land it just around 1.3 million, a uh, billion. I think it's going to make a bit more. I, I'm yeah, now no, seeing I like the five, film. Yeah, top, 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 uh, top 10. Top 10 I think it's it. also going to be a top 10 movie, which is surprising to me. I thought this movie could really uh, under-deliver, but it's been doing really well internationally. Uh, interestingly enough, there's another film that released uh, in 2022, Top Gun Maverick, that's uh, at the 11th spot right now. But it's it's interesting because like it's half and half with domestic and international gross, uh, domestic for the states, and that's just so rare. Uh, I think it's the other than Endgame and Avatar, it's one of one well, no, of Star Wars also did more. I, I'm lying, uh, but but it's doing really well uh, just domestically. Uh, mm. That one and uh, like that's not the case for Avatar that made most of its money internationally. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see, but I also think it's going to be like a top 10 movie, which uh, good for James Cameron um, doing more yeah. of these probably. But uh, yeah, that's, that's all I had for the news. Really quick news as my cat jumps up to Catry. And uh, let's head on over to what we've been watching. Lachlan, you told me uh, you went on a bit of a haul. You were kind of a bit yeah, late sorry, for this I was recording. Late to the recording. And now, <laughs> yes, okay, you got sorry. something to show me off. It's it's holiday at uh, the kindergarten of the Quiet On Set podcast. I went shopping for more DVDs and Blu-rays. Oh, uh, oh do I see Old Boy there? Yes, you did. I don't want to spoil the anything spike, right now. Um, <laughs> yes. Uh, of look, course. I, obviously, it's, it's coming to the end of 2022, so we had to catch up on a whole bunch of films. Uh, there was a couple yeah. of them that I couldn't get my hands on, and some of them just recently released on uh, DVD, and also some of them came out ages ago that I just didn't, you know, catch, and then I realized, oh shit, it's on DVD. But there's a few in here yeah. that I've seen before that I saw that were on 4K and Blu-ray that I had to grab. But before I get to mm. those, just um, there's basically three categories that these are being broken down into: 2022 films. Stuff I want to rewatch really quickly before a new film comes out by that director. And then also just stuff mm. to add to my collection because there's absolute classics. The three yeah. that I want to watch from 2022 are going to be Moonage Daydream, the David Bowie documentary. Right. And the reason is the yeah. last film I watched of t- in 2022 was a doco. So I feel like I did mm-hmm. miss out on some docos. A doco? The other one was three. Yeah, a <laughs> doco. expression. I did. Well, you ever heard of a doco I, I, before? I, I, no, no, I've never heard of a doco. I always learn new Australian expressions and I love them each time. Oh, but yeah. A doco. Okay. I'll add that uh, to my vocabulary. This uh, movie by uh, George Miller, George Miller uh, 3000 yeah. Years of Longing. I didn't hear the greatest mm-hmm. reviews about it and I guess it didn't really stand the same test of time that Mad Max Fury Road did, but I still yeah. want to watch it. This and the other one is uh, in the Crimes. Background. 
Yeah, Crimes yeah, of the Sorry, Future. Had to flag. Which was also the saw this David, <laughs> David also, Cronenberg also film. Uh, I didn't get to see this at Cannes because I'm yeah. not a fucking douchebag that goes to Cannes. Um, this year, though, yet. maybe. Yet. Uh, yet. <laughs> yes, yet. Um, Babylon's coming out, so I wanted to catch up on a couple of these films. I've already got First Man, but I didn't have La La Land yep. or Whiplash. Oh, on okay. Blu-ray, Fun. so I decided to get them on Blu-ray. Um, I couldn't get the 4Ks, which suck, but I wanted to get them on Blu-ray anyway. Mm. And then finally, mm. Ewan, this is where you're going to get quite happy because a couple of films Park that Turner I uh, wanted to catch up on. Uh, yeah. This one came out recently, and I heard some oh. awesome stuff about it. Mad God, yeah. an animated film. Haven't mm -hmm. had the chance to look at any trailers, but I heard a lot of great things about it. Yeah, great stuff, and a couple stuff. A couple of classics, one of which I've never seen before, and I thought it took okay. grab, and you and you will like it. So the first two I've seen yeah. before, but 4K okay. remastered, Mulholland Drive, David Lynch. Oof. After seeing him in The Fablemans, yeah. I had to grab one of his films and rewatch him. <laughs> mm -hmm. Then you and you spoiled yourself, Old Boy, yeah. in a beautiful oh boy, yes. little collector's little uh, DVD uh in the blu-ray it's not a 4k i try to see if there's a 4k mm -hmm. the and finally classic remastered same as uh maholland drive kurosawa oh kurosawa okay impressive never seen, i haven't even seen this never yeah, seen a kurosawa either. film oh, okay well i have but like only due to study it but i've never sat down and watched one I'm probably going to give this a watch. My little brother, of all people, um, keeps egging me on to do an uh, Akira Kurosawa marathon because we yeah. watched Ikiru about like two years ago. And I think I also watched Rashomon with him. And he was like, oh, my God, I don't get film. Please watch more. Yeah. And uh, I haven't had a chance to give them the proper time. And I feel like they definitely deserve to be like streamed in the best possible work yeah. version uh, which is why when i saw it was on 4k i was like yeah, yeah that's yeah. amazing but man. that's obviously not it because obviously behind me you can see the greatest movie of the year <laughs> morbius sitting right there <laughs> i'm not zooming position. in i'm but setting boundaries for 2023 for my I'm top 10 list <laughs> for my top 10 list i do have a bunch of dvds and 4Ks. Actually, they're all 4Ks of my top 10 stuff. Now, not everything's on DVD oh. yet, but yeah, I, I tried to get as yet. much yeah. of it as I possibly can, which is why I was only showing the top of those DVDs. But we shall yes, okay. continue on. Ewan, you tell me what you yeah. have uh, been watching or catch me up on what you've uh, caught yourself up on. Uh, so, so yeah, um, I think we recorded the last time before Christmas. We pre-produced our Banshees of Inishirin review. And I said, like, funnily enough, uh, uh, Banshees main episode ended up being shorter than uh, just review of Knives Out. <laughs> Funny thing that happens when we want to do short reviews that end up 40 minutes long. Uh, but regardless, uh, I took uh, Christmas Day, the 25th, I think that's Christmas Day, right? Uh, to watch a whole bunch of films because I was uh, gearing up to do a, a the ultimate uh, 2022 movie bracket live stream uh, that already happened. You can go check it out on uh, my YouTube channel. Uh, and <laughs> I went over uh, 320 releases and I had to add some more films to the list. So I ended up watching uh, I Want to Dance with Somebody, RRR, The Outfit, Spoiler Alert, The Abysmal Marmaduke, uh, Descendant, uh, also saw Fire of Love, and uh, the movie you just uh, put up there as your Blu-ray, Moon Age Daydream, 
Um, ended up catching Puss in Boots, The Last Wish, uh, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes, a little uh, festival short, Devotion, the lesser Top Gun Maverick fighter pilot film, and Happening, a festival uh, darling about uh, abortion in the 60s, a French film. Uh, to round it all out and yeah i'm not gonna spoil what ended up winning the bracket because it would maybe kind of spoil uh what ends up at my top slot i guess uh here but i made three brackets one for the best films one for the worst films and one for the most mid films uh and it was a blast i was there for more than four hours luckily uh, it was Jesus. exhausting and then last yeah, sure then uh it, it was very exhausting by the end of it i didn't have any energy in me, in, in me because i I ended up talking about literally every film and kind of wanted to introduce them. It, it takes forever to talk about 320 films, luckily. And I can tell you now from experience. Um, did the same thing uh, yesterday with TV shows. I watched about 82 seasons this year, a, a record high for me as well. Uh, 80, 82 seasons of new TV, by the way. I watched some older stuff as well. So really busy year. I'm definitely keeping that up in the next year. But th that's all I've been watching. Literally what I've been watching uh, is just a, a shit ton. Uh, so go check that out if you want to get my extensive thoughts. Well, there's a four-hour recording of me talking about all, a range of films there. Uh, but that's that. And uh, I think without further ado, Lachlan, we can get into our top 10 of 2022. I don't know about you. I feel like for you, it was also a, a record high of new movies that you probably ended up watching just because I make you each week for this show. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was uh, very busy. Like I said, I, I ended up catching uh, over 300 films and making a list like this, uh, there's uh, two problems. First of all, you obviously can't have them all on your top 10, even if you liked it. So there's going to be a whole bunch of honorable mentions that we'll get to in a second. But first, Lachlan, I kind of want to know from you uh, what are some films that maybe didn't get a release yet, you didn't get to yet? Films that you think could make it onto your top 10 list, but uh, you haven't seen just yet. This is the hard thing about making top 10 lists about certain years, like you know, in the years beforehand, because <coughs> I've had in my previous years films that just came out afterwards, so I've made them a little bit later. Uh, mm -hmm. But today on the podcast, we're going to have to obviously discuss what's coming out. So there's a couple of films yeah. I missed. Or a couple of films I haven't been able to see yet. The ones I haven't been able to see yet, you know, The Whale, that doesn't come out till February here in Australia. Uh, Babylon yeah. doesn't come out till the end of January in Australia. Uh, there's a couple of other films that I wish I could have seen that just didn't make it. There's also a couple of films, as I just said beforehand, that I didn't get to catch in 2022. It's a lot of films. I don't have as much free time that Ewan does, and I don't get to go as to as many festivals <laughs> as Ewan does. And yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I, I, I mm. don't get to see as many films, but maybe that's easier for me to make my top 10 list. Maybe it's harder because I've seen less films, which means that it's a smaller pool. And that means mm -hmm. I've seen higher quality stuff because most of the time you is not <laughs> going to suggest shit films. Like when I said, I've got to, yeah. you know, you know, I've got to go see this film and this film. And he was like, don't even bother about this one. You should watch this one instead. Mm. So you yeah. and uh, there's a couple of films that and you that's told me to people. go watch that I have not been able yes, to see so. yet. After mm -hmm. Sun, that's one I haven't been able to mm -hmm. see. Uh, Decision to Leave, that's one I haven't been able to see. Uh, Close, uh, the one that you saw at the festival, I haven't been able to see that yet mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah. There's just a number of films that I just missed, but mm -hmm. that's okay. I'll eventually mm -hmm. get to them. And my letterbox yeah. list will be updated if they make it into my top 20, because my top yeah. 10 list of 2022 
also has the other 10 films that I consider that just missed out, uh, which I haven't done in the past. I haven't done in the past. Mm -hmm. I've always just done top 10 and that's it. But I'd like to have these in here for films that just made it, but not enough. Not enough. Well, let us know. What are those uh, honorable mentions that didn't make it onto your final list? So in no particular order, uh, that's how I did my other top 10 uh, on Mm. the list, which I'll probably rearrange into a a more coherent order. But here is how I labeled them out. Essentially, in the horror category, I didn't think anything stood out as much as one particular film, which is in my top 10. And, you know, you can consider a couple of the the films in my top 10 horror as well. But Scream and X were two excellent horror films, especially as Scream is a sequel. And that is a very hard thing to do. Horror sequels just are never good. And it's Mm. also the year that we had one of the worst movies of all time, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, sorry, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've got to forget. I've got to drop the the. So Scream came out and did something that was fun and, you know, original enough in the idea of meta horror. Mm -hmm. Speaking of original and new, X came out and was an absolute blast by T.I. West. Uh, That film honestly took me by surprise and I'm yet to see the prequel slash sequel uh, Pearl, which is another film that I'd like to go watch Mm -hmm. uh, because I had such a great time watching X. Mia Goth uh, is a wicked actress and also Jenna Ortega, little breakout role in the horror world. Mm -hmm. And it's been her year. So those are two films that I missed out on. In the kind of category of, you know, heart aching, oh my God, I love this film uh, genre, I guess. I have Cha Cha Real Smooth. That film, yeah. uh, I kept it on my radar, and when it came out, I didn't watch it, but then I watched it recently and absolutely loved it. It was just a very mm-hmm. heartwarming thing, but not as much as Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, which I know is yeah. listed as a 2021 film on Letterboxd, but you know it doesn't have like a worldwide release until last year, which is 2022. Uh, and yeah, it yeah. was also wicked. My girlfriend loved it. I loved it. It was just such a cute, adorable movie. God, I want more movies like that. It was just so cute and I loved it. Uh, But didn't make it onto my top 10 because you'll see what my top 10 is and it's just such a fucking sick list this year. In the category, (laughs) action movies that did not make it into my top 10 list, I have All Quiet on the Western Front, which I didn't really expect to get on my top 10 list when I first Mm. was going to start watching it, but then ended up being an incredible film and you and thank you for making me watch that on this podcast because I absolutely gotcha. would have not watched it if you didn't tell me mm-hmm. to. The one I did watch yeah. that I sum- I'm surprised when I was putting together my list that wasn't in my top 10 is uh, Bullet Train. I absolutely loved mm. Bullet Train so much. I also yeah. got the Steelbook, which I will say is the best oh. Steelbook of the year oh my God. by far that yeah. I have gotten for my 4K collection. It is That's a great an absolute, steelbook. I just dropped the DVD out of there. Uh, absolute <laughs> winner when it comes to steelbook creation. So, yeah. Bullet Train, wicked movie, but did not make it onto my top 10. In the mm. last two categories, I didn't know how to kind of break this down, but easiest way of saying it, uh, the cannibal films that did not make it onto my top 10 list. Fresh and Bones and All. Uh, Fresh <laughs> was true. really, really fun <laughs> and was just a fucking excellent made film. And Bones yeah. and All was this 
incredible drama that I also loved that was also about cannibalism. 2022 mm-hmm. was the year of cannibalism films. Absolutely adore yeah. that. But mm-hmm. finally, Ewan, the last two mm. movies in, 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 and how I've categorized these uh, top 10 uh, films that did not make it into my top 10 films. I'm disappointed uh, about these, by the way. Yo, this one, this one is, this is why I'm calling it the, the shocker category. The films that, that Ewan expected point. me to put in my top 10, but they are not yeah. in my top 10. And in mm-hmm. all honesty, I could also make this category known as the Lachlan is also shocked that I did not put this in my top 10 list. Uh, <laughs> right, because when shocked. I was sitting down and making my top 10, I decided for once that I was just going to make a list on the films that I experienced something, whether that be just right. fun, whether that just be, you know, the sheer, this is why I go to the movies for. Because in the past, my first mm. top 10 list I made on Letterboxd yeah, like was two, right? in 2019. I did a top 10 mm. best made movies where my number one film was yeah. Parasite. And then I did a top 10 mm. most enjoyable films, which was John yeah. Wick chapter three. So mm-hmm. I kind of decided over time that I was going to conjoin these. And you can see that in my 2022 list, I have a mixture mm-hmm. of excellent, you know, uh, action films of like Tenant. And I've also got, uh, you know, Palm Springs as in my top 10, but then I also have Minari yeah. and I have, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. ending things and another round and a sound of metal. And then in 2022, uh, 2021, forgive me, I had the green Knight as my number one and I had Dune mm. as my number two, but then I also had Annette, some of the, one of the weirdest films in a long yeah. time. And I had pig <laughs> as well. So over mm-hmm. time I've kind of molded these. So my top mm-hmm. 10 list is going to include films that just made me feel something and while I thought these t- two films were really well made, I just didn't have a connection to them like I had with some of their previous films that these directors have made. I'm not saying these are yeah. bad films by any mean whatsoever, but The Banshees None of, of Inishirin did not make it on my top do. 10 list. I'm sorry. It didn't uh, make it onto my top 10 list. I thought it was well yeah. written. Probably one of the best written films of the year. I will say that. One of the best mm-hmm. written films of the year, hands down. Some of my favorite dialogue has come out of that film, but it did not give me that movie experience that I've had with some of these other films. And finally, The yep. Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's mm-hmm. most Spielberg movie did not make it onto my top 10 list. Once again, <laughs> I thought it was some wicked performances, some awesome directing by Spielberg himself, but, yeah, and also one of the best cameos of the year <laughs> as yeah, well uh, at the end. Yeah. Um, it did not make it onto my top 10 list. Th- those are my just missed films. You had Scream X, Cha-Cha Real Smooth, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Fablemans, Banshees of Inner and Bones and All, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, Fresh, and Bullet Train. They're my just missed out on the top 10 movies of 2022. I honestly am really surprised about Banshees. For Fablemans, I wasn't really expecting it that much to be on your final top 10 because I know you're not the biggest fan of Spielberg and... Although this is a great film, I, I just see that it's not really... But the Banshees thing, man, that, that kind of stings. That kind of stings. I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> but uh, to me, I'm going to do the same thing. The films I've missed uh, that I still think could make it onto my top 10 list are uh, Women Talking, um, Babylon, and The Quiet Girl. So I'll be able to catch up on these quite soon, but just not in time for, um, well, I guess today's recording. Um, but there's also 10 films that... Uh, well, I think I have a bit less than 10 films that I have here. A couple of films that didn't make it onto my final list uh, that maybe one, one or the other will make it onto, onto Lachlan's. 
Uh, but I have a bit of an overlap, at least when it comes to the films that just barely missed out. I also got All Quiet on the Western Front as an honorable mention. Uh, Cha-Cha Rio Smooth as well. Real festival highlight back at Sundance. Uh, managed to catch that one like twice at the festival. Uh, so that was a really pleasant surprise that it's kind of gone under, I think, as the year moved on just because it's been so long, but really a sleeper hit for anyone who's been sleeping on it. Uh, I also got the Batman on here um, and Marcel the shop with shoes on. <laughs> Those really go together well, right? Uh, decision to leave. I was surprised that that one um, didn't make it onto my list, but uh, here we are, Park Turn Work didn't make it on here then uh the comedy bros i got here probably other than uh well something that we'll get to later with my favorite comedy of the year <laughs> uh is really something solid that i uh enjoyed quite a bit and um yeah some more people should go check out uh vortex from gaspar noe uh, a study on dementia uh told through two different perspectives there's like they're, they're fighting for your attention as like you got two cameras capturing the same thing. Uh, it's really an interesting, interesting film. Uh, finally, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to leak it, but uh, The Northman <laughs> is in my honorable mentions, but we'll get to talking about that film uh, just in a bit uh, again. So Vortex, Northman, Decision to Leave, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bros, Cha-Cha, Rio Smooth, Marcel the Shell with Shoes On, and The Batman are my honorable mentions for 20. 22. So Lachlan, without further ado, let's get to those films in 2022 that we consider the best of the year. And let's kick it off with uh, your number 10 film. Number 10 from me was one of those films which I thought was going to be in my top 10 immediately from watching it because it was just a, a, a shocker. You know, I, I'd seen the original and I was like, that's an awesome film. But I wonder what they were going to do next. And I heard of the cinematography and how they kind of strapped a camera and made a camera so small that it was going to fit in a fighter jet. And I thought, what kind of shots are they going to do? And my God, was it one of the best thrill rides very early on into the 2022 run, I must say. Mm -hmm. My number one, no, sorry, my number one. Oh my God, jumping straight to the gun. My number 10 <laughs> pick of 2022 was Top Gun Maverick. Here it is Ooh, on 4K, 4K. Right here, I've got the yeah. 4K. Uh, incredible film. Uh, really, really fun. You know, if you if you talk to Lachlan from, you know, five years ago, there's no way I would have mm -hmm. put Top Gun Maverick on my top 10 list. I, I would have right. been that artsy snob that would have gone, oh, look at this beautiful film, you know, yeah. made by this French director and how gorgeous he tells us. That Lachlan is dead. Lachlan, who enjoyed Top Gun Maverick, was losing his mind. It, it, like, this yeah. film was just so much fun. Yes, there's plenty of flaws I can find in this film. The fact that there's really no antagonist and it's such a blank slate of who the villain is and what country it is, it's definitely Switzerland. It's, but, it's Switzerland still. You know, I'm not going to nitpick. I could, but I'm not going to. But Top Gun Maverick just did something so fun it made me want to get back mm. to the cinemas now it's not my blockbuster yeah. of the year it's not it was right. okay going to be for the longest time the blockbuster of the year but we'll get to what it was because it was technically the second blockbuster where i was like wow i'm blown away by this but the first blockbuster comes yeah. a little bit later but top gun maverick okay. for the longest time was holding the blockbuster of the year award that i was going to give 
I'm going to say that your pick for top 10 is drastically fucking different from mine. Like, so, yeah. so left hook out of nowhere of, like, the difference in our, in our <laughs> taste of our top 10 films. Y- Ewan, yeah. what is your number 10? <laughs> I never left the artsy side behind me. I have fully embraced it, and I am the art house freak. Off the show, although, I, I, don't, I don't know, because I could, I could go even harder on this. Because I, I, no, I don't want to look at my list because I, I won't find something that's not art house. I can already tell you, it's not going to fill, be filled with blockbusters. But that's why our um, lists uh, kind of work together well. I think we have two films that are on both of our lists. All of the other ones, we have totally different uh, movies. So you're going to yes. get to hear about 18 different yes. films on this list. And mine at number 10 is Darren Aronofsky's uh, The Whale. Really completely different from up in the sky, totally moving at all times to a fat guy being stuck uh, in, in, in a sofa the whole time. <laughs> That's basically uh, the differences here. But I just really connected with this uh, when I, um, I don't want to keep mentioning <laughs> at which festival I saw this, but it, it played there and it worked for me. It, it made me cry. It's cheesy uh overall uh but it, it worked um and it's a really controversial film for a lot of people it really doesn't work for me it, it did and i fell in love with it so that's why it gets my number 10 spot and brendan an is, is amazing in it i wouldn't be surprised it's always if it controversial cause controversy it's always a group it's of people didn't like it like a group that. people did like it I think I'm going to like it because I'm in that category that likes Aronofsky films, even the ones that really yeah. divide his his core fan group. I feel like Mother mm. was a massive divide on whether people yeah. liked like his stuff Mother. or not. I enjoyed it. But um, yeah. shall we move on? We, we shall. Number nine? To, uh, I don't yes. have a, a disc for this one, okay? I'm really sorry yeah. that I don't have a disc for this one because Well, it's mainly it on streaming anyways. It's mainly yeah. on streaming and they don't and yes. I'd love to have it on 4K because I've got pretty much every other one of their films on 4K, but I I think it also never played in theaters, which is also notable for this one. That's a notable um, one. So, yeah. I decided to pull mm. out another Predator film uh that mm. you're going to just use instead, okay? My number right. nine pick is Prey and I'm using this because uh, in this film, <laughs> uh, there's a predator. <laughs> was the closest thing I could do to, to getting a, yeah, a film with a predator. And Poor a, Priscilla. And, uh, oh, anyway. Okay. Um, prey. Number nine, Prey. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Where do I start? <laughs> um, yeah. Ignore me. No, it's fine. Uh, I'm a sucker for the Alien and Predator series. Doesn't matter which one it is. I love Alien. Yeah. I love Predator. I love the AVP series. Uh, I love mm-hmm. the, just the world that it that that there is that they've created. Uh, it, it's yeah. just an awesome, awesome concept. Especially the Predator, and even mm-hmm. down to Predators uh, from like 2011, I think it was uh, at the top of my head. I love that film. And when I heard they were doing another Predator film, and I went, oh, oh shit, here we go. But it was going Again. to be in, like, 1700, where mm. it's a uh, Native American-based film. I went, oh, fuck, you've got me. I'm definitely watching this film. And 
when I heard it was streaming only, all of the bad things came to my head. Oh no, it's mm-hmm. streaming only. No movie, no no theater release, no you know wide scale. It's just going to be released on Hulu, and it's going to be a trash film. Oh my gosh, did I have so much fun with this film? Uh, mm-hmm. And now I just want every. It was kind of like God of War when they were like, "It's yeah. the God of War," but now in Norse mythology, it was like that's it's Predator, mm-hmm. but during the I guess the colonization of America. Mm-hmm. This is sick. Like this was awesome. Yeah. This film. It had great action. The predator looked wicked. Uh, Amber Mithunder did a incredible job as the main protagonist. She just was so strong and just a wicked time. This film was not overly long as well. It was just over the hour, like ninety minute point. It was like a hundred minutes or so. It was mm-hmm. such a fun film, and it was good to finally have a piece of this ip that i was happy to have and go and hold like it was my child and go i've missed you uh where have you gone the good side of this 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 ip so i'm up for an entire next decade of predator in x i want it in you know napoleon's age i want him in you know roman times i just want this (laughs) Guy, I want this predator in different uh, centuries, just just battling yeah. the greats. So you want the twenty twenty two Jump Street uh, credit sequence with Prey, exactly, popping up exactly. Everywhere. Yeah, so <laughs> let's get it done. Let's get it done. Then Trachtenberg, I think it's uh, the guy who did it. Uh, do some more. <laughs> this was yes. fun. It also Wicked. like this is also in my. I mean, this seems <laughs> seems low, but it's. In my top 35. <laughs> Out of 320 Great. films, it's actually Lovely. really good. Uh, it's a good percentage. So, so yeah, I really, I second this uh, and a uh, great pick here, here from you. I talk about Predator. Yeah. This is another film that I didn't actually get to catch. That's that's your number yeah. eight, which you said I would enjoy, I believe, which I just haven't, I don't uh, think it had an Australian release yet. So I haven't no. been able to catch it. Hopefully I will be able to yeah. soon and maybe it'll make it onto my list. But Ewan, you're uh, number nine. Yes, I'm sticking with the festival fee moving from Venice to Cannes uh, to the Palme d'Or winner from Ruben Ostlund's Triangle of Sadness. This satirical take on a bunch of uh, rich people flaunting their wealth as they go on a, a big old, not yacht, but I guess cruise ship. And uh, I don't want to spoil where the movie goes, but I'd say it's told in threes. And it just kind of puts the dichotomy of service workers and the people who just are rich and take on its head. We had a couple of those um, released over the year, uh, over this year. Uh, There's the menu that came out uh, not too long ago that kind of also tended to focus on that in an over-the-top satirical uh, way. And uh, I just had a blast watching Triangle of Sadness with a um, full theater which is hard to get for, you know, I, I, I keep mentioning it not to say, hey, I went to this festival and got to see a film. But it's also because there's a lot of people who tend to be interested in these types of films. And then once they hit a theater in for a general release, there's maybe like five other people in the theater with you. And it's, it's mm. not the same experience there. And I don't really like public screenings for films then. But I do really like them at film festivals. That's why I enjoy it so much. And this was such a blast to see there. And uh, it just worked 
uh, like a lot. I haven't rewatched it since. Um, so I'm not as critical as some people have been since it came out and um, pointed out the flaws in the story. To me, it was just a really funny film. Overall, like I swing from <laughs> in this list, I swing from really funny films that are pleasing to watch to ones that will make me ugly cry for like three hours. That's that's the two me's that you get, nothing else. And uh, yeah, go check out Triangle of Sadness if you can. But yeah, we are moving um, on from uh, the boat to the outskirts of uh, Paris to Paris. a little Paris. We oui, a Paris. district in there. Can I already say what the title is, Lachlan? By all moving means, to a little ahead. district called Athena. Surprise. Surprise to see this on the list. So Lachlan, why, why did it make it yours? As I said at the start, the, this year, my top 10 list is not so much like a split between best made and best, most enjoyable moments. It, it's, it's, it's movies that made me feel something. Top Gun Maverick was this thrill of excitement, but then it had its down periods where it was not in the sky. Prey mm -hmm. was this IP that I love coming back to its form, and I really enjoyed that. Athena was this rush of energy throughout the entire thing. There was just something bubbling mm. underneath there. It was the tension. It was the fact that it was a one take that didn't feel like it was in your face, that it was used as a storytelling aspect, especially after the, the one take of 1917. I feel like the one take has a bit of sour taste in my mouth because it was just yeah. used as a marketing ploy more than anything, and, where Athena yeah. uses this like gloriously. It's, it's gorgeous. And I mean, it doesn't, I think it's not just a one take the entire way through. No, 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 it's not. It's split. It's cut down. But it's, it's, it's exactly, a lot yeah. of singular it one cuts, takes. And exactly. Yeah. It, like it cuts it to perfect places where the one take becomes like unnecessary where you drag yeah. it out. It, it finds the sweet spot. That's yeah. It, it's technically, it's so well done, man. Um, yeah. And here is a foreign film in, in my top 10 list. Here we are, the artsy guy. Well, here I am. Uh, but once wow, again, I don't impressive. have a, a like DVD. that I don't have a DVD that, to kind of show. So I guess I'll have to. Well, it's get, on Netflix, another one, yeah. Have to get one. I have another French film. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> I have another French Great. film. I have a okay. French film DVD that you sure. can put on top of this, but you, you just have to put Athena on top of it, okay? You and this is the only editing you have to do in this entire podcast, all right? So yeah. uh, Athena, I think I've already announced it, but Athena is, okay. a, a, is another French film that I've just got on here. So here we are. Athena was just great. It was just a shocking mm. surprise. Once again, these films that I just had this feeling of excitement throughout the entire thing, and that was just one of them. It was just such a rumble of excitement for once and you really start to like these these characters uh with, with this kind of style of one taken it was just a tragic story uh throughout the entire thing uh yeah. and i once again just to just i wouldn't have watched it if you and didn't tell me to to watch it the benefit of having right. one of your good mates watch a bajillion films throughout the year you basically have a filter to get rid of the shit ones. Thanks, Ewan. Yeah, Lachlan, you even watched a festival film because this premiered at, at Venice as well. So Ewan, say that. what was yeah. your number eight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm staying with the international theme, but I'm uh, going with a Japanese director directing uh, South Korean actors in Broker from uh, Hirokazu Koreeda, one of uh, my instant favorite filmmakers after i saw shoplifters uh so amazing it also stars sung kang ho uh from a small little movie that you might know called parasite 
and it is just such a blast. Uh, such a blast of a film. Lachlan, I think, is grabbing his free Parasite DVDs. <laughs> yes, okay. His Blu-ray, sorry. <laughs> just still One 4K, two Blu-rays. Yeah, he's trying to, One 4K, to, I guess... one Blu-ray, one Blu-ray in black and white. <laughs> hey, all worth it. I, I don't have it on any sort of disc, so... I'm missing out, but Broker is is, uh, is amazing. It's this uh, road trip movie about um, people who uh, end up stealing a baby of sorts in a way uh, through kind of legal ways that um, quickly become illegal as they try to ponder it off, uh, uh, pawn it off to like someone else. But then the mother comes in the mix and wants to join along, but then she doesn't really want to keep the baby but then maybe also she does. There's some romance in there. There's some uh, um, father figures all around. Uh, it's a lot of different relationships that go on at the same time. And it's perfectly balanced by Koreeda. That's what he did so massively in job Shoplifters already. And he just continues to do it in Broker. A really pleasant, heartwarming film uh, that I can really wholeheartedly uh, recommend. So Broker at my number eight spot. All right, Ewan. Number seven. Yeah. It's a couple of things in this world that I love. One, movies. Two, a good beer. But there's a third one as well. <laughs> this bit. Volcanoes. Okay. All of a sudden, ah, my beer exploded. Lover. He loves eruptions. <laughs> uh, I love volcanoes all of a sudden. Uh, this is the last yeah. film I watched in 2022. and. Mm -hmm. Holy, f holy moly. I was going to swear there, but I held myself back. Why? Because we don't w want to lose this child rating that we have on this show. We Hang on one second. I got beer on my fucking rating. <laughs> you know, when I talk about tar next, someone's going to dump a whole bucket of tar <laughs> on my head. <laughs> Last movie of the year that I watched was Fire of Love. And it kind of made me realize I didn't watch a lot of docos uh, this year, mm -hmm. which is why I purchased the David Bowie documentary when I saw it today because uh, I saw yeah. Fire of Love and it was awesome that this year I got to end my watching of a movie with a five star. It was mm. an absolute delight watching this film. I just funny enough heard about it the other day, realized I hadn't watched any docos, so I thought I'd give it a watch, and my god. It's a much better start than the start of 2022 where I watched Spencer, which was still a great film, but for me yeah. to start, or sorry, to end the year with Fire of Love, this incredible documentary of Katia and Maurice Kraft, it was a beautiful story. Ewan, you just recently watch this as well yeah i know you didn't enjoy it as much as i did because you gave it four stars out of five it's still like literally my still a fucking spot still it's, a great it's really film. high up for me i i like it a lot it's one of the best documentaries i might even have it ranked as yeah it's my highest rated documentary of the year as well no awesome your favorite lie. rated what your most favorite Second rated one. what darko i'm sorry there we go there we go yeah um, but no, it, it was just this, uh, as I, I, it, it kind of had that same feeling as my octopus, uh, my octopus teacher had had a few years ago where you're like, yeah. do I want to fuck an octopus? Where in this one, I'm like, do I want to fuck lava? <laughs> I wouldn't try, but, uh, um, I but wouldn't no, try both of those things, by the way. It was yeah. this, I, I guess, 
tragic story um because if you just google them you, you know how they how they die but it, it you yeah. know it, they died what doing what they love and that was interesting to just watch these two people just do what they enjoyed with this with with, with little fear because you know there's this massive fear around volcanoes and just to mm. watch them dance in front of lava is just such a fascinating image uh and and god they were at least Maurice, because Maurice is typically the one who was doing the film aspect of this, the recording aspect of it, yeah. where Cartier was more of the stills photographer. Which, both of them are mm-hmm. incredible photograph, uh, well, I should say cinematographers, because the images in this film are stunning. Absolutely yeah. stunning. I thought that I was going to give best cinematography <laughs> to another film. But yeah. my God, I was I was seriously contemplating that this. Uh, I I mean, I would love to see this get nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean like for the cinematography alone? Yeah. Uh, I would uh, love to see for cinematography is. and also documentary. Yeah. I think for a documentary, it's definitely one of the front runners. A uh, movie that won't get mentioned on either of our lists. All the beauty and the bloodshed that won the Golden Lion in in Venice is another documentary that's that's really great. Uh, I just realized that that one's ranked a bit higher on my list than this, but both are two great docos. Sorry, I said it wrong again. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, Fire of Love, uh, stunning, because they use all of the footage that uh, Maurice and Katya recorded over the years. And there's just so, so much. There's never a dull moment uh, in this documentary because they, they ended up doing so much. And it's hard to contain it in this, I, I think also not too long of, of a movie, Overall, I think it's under 100 minutes. minutes. Yeah. Uh, so a nice little breeze. Uh, well, I guess not a breeze, but a bit of a fire hazard as well over on, I think, Disney Plus. It's where it's streaming. So yeah. pretty available for people to go check it out as well. My pick was fire. Your pick. Yeah. What's left after the fire? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. If, I don't know. That, I, don't no, know. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't I don't know how tar is made, but um, sticking with some Venice releases and Kate Blanchett's, one of her best performances ever in this uh, film from Todd Field, who doesn't really do a lot of films. Uh, He takes his time to do it. And uh, this film, I think, gets better the more I think about it, but not as I experience it, if that makes sense. Because I feel like it is a bit of a drag at parts to get through for the points that it ultimately tries to make, which essentially just makes it like that type of work of art film that like the further you have with it, the more you think about it, the more you read about it, the more you watch about it, and then give it a rewatch, it's going to add to that. I unfortunately haven't had to rewatch time to do a rewatch for it yet, but I completely adored it even in the first run. Um, I think it's another one that does cinematography incredibly well. It has some great uh, like longer sequences as well as the editing. And then it just really shines in uh, the storytelling and the performances as you follow this person who is uh, first build up as uh, this really important person as she's like slowly starts to crumble down. And it's it's been labeled a bunch of film uh, things like a film about cancel culture, um, things about like power and, and the abuse of power. But all of that is not really possible with this film to be labeled like that clearly because it all of the stuff that it's really doing is way more subtle. That's just like the big label that it gets. The smaller labels are really just uh, everything in between. And um, if you haven't yet, I know it's been topping a lot of critics like end of the year, like 
best film of the year as well. I wouldn't go as far, at least for my personal experience, but a really great film that um, I know is not going to be for everyone, but uh, for those uh, cineast and um, indie lovers, it might just, yeah, do it for you. I think that it makes sense that it's a lot of critics' favorite film. It's it's definitely Oscar Beatty uh, style of a, a bit film, as well, yeah. Uh, where it, it doesn't really... I don't think it would well, sit in the hearts of a lot of, uh, I guess, traditional just go to the cinema once a month kind of family goers. Uh, yeah. No one's going to go see Tar in cinemas. It's really kind of like the the artsy film of the year that. Yeah, is it, not it's going not to like be Elvis or the I want to dance with somebody. Although, yeah. <laughs> although it is uh, like technically this this fake autobiographical film about this person. And it, it like it does that super well in the best sort of way possible. But instead of not showing their shortcomings, it, it is like doing Elvis, not by Baz Luhrmann as well, and then focusing on Priscilla maybe yeah. and how the public perception like did that. That's Tar. And it, it does that with a fake person. So it's not attached to anyone. And for that, it's like it, it's, it's, it might be the, the most interesting no, I'm, I'm, no, that's not true. But it's one of the most interesting character studies of the year. Because I do have some more ca- character studies that are coming up later on. And okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, anyways, Lachlan, I think your next pick is uh, one dope. that kind of blends. Uh, wait, did you just say what it is? <laughs> I said it was dope. Uh, it was dope. Okay. Well, that rhymes with the title of the film. Um, but it's from Jordan Peele. Nope. You know, that director really is able to blend the artistic side with a blockbuster side. Um, Really uncanny and not really done before that way, other than what I can think of, like someone like Spielberg does it that well. And that's Jordan Peele, and he's back again with his third film, uh, Nope. Um, Honorable mention for me as well, a bit further down my list. But uh, Lachlan, it's your number six pick. It is. Is 2022 the year of the blockbusters? Like, uh, is is the return the of the block, blockbusters? Is the block least, blo- yeah. is the blockbuster cinema coming back? Because if it is, I am so fucking keen for it. Which I mean, if we start to discuss our upcoming twenty twenty three most anticipated films, there is a, a number of big blockbusters coming out. So maybe twenty twenty three is the year of the blockbuster. I won't get into it, but nope. Oh, absolutely nope. 4K. excellent. Four K collector's edition yeah. uh no steelbook unfortunately but the collector's edition uh the disc even has their faces on it a lot of 4k discs don't mm. have uh any kind of stuff on it which is unfortunate they just have like usually one color but whatever anyway nope was probably my favorite horror movie of the year as i talk about yeah. feelings uh in the cinema going experience it was the only horror film where i experienced genuine anxiety and it was Mm. one scene in particular where someone is abducted or at least a group of people are abducted by the ship and you see them inside and if you've seen the film you and you know the scene it is genuine it is genuinely one of the most uncomfortable moments i've experienced watching a movie it was claustrophobic which i don't get claustrophobic it was sound was every part of that scene was just perfect to a t and every part of Mm. this film was also wicked i didn't think jordan peele could outdo get out but 
the more mm-hmm. and more I think about Nope, uh, I think that it's the best film that he has made so far. It is really okay. In my opinion, uh, some of the best performances, uh, some of mm-hmm. the best moments. It's sure it's not as iconic in in I guess the 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 twist of it all, and it does seem to lose itself in the end. Uh, but mm-hmm. I I find that the grand scale of Nope was enough to kind of push it through past its weakest points. So number right. six for me goes to Jordan Peele's first horror movie shot in IMAX, I believe. Am I getting it, that wrong? Uh, uh, yeah. No, I think it's definitely, uh, I was supposed to say first horror film. It's like, what? <laughs> he definitely has made horror films before. Uh, uh, but uh, yeah, that, I, think, I think that's that's true. I mean, the cinematography is a big part of it. That's why, like, Hoide uh, from... Oh, I'm blanking on his name, but that uh, that cinematographer is almost like a character in the film. You know, there's a cinematographer character in in it, and it's very much about like capturing stuff and such a, a, a movie about filmmaking as well. Uh, and a great cinematic experience, uh, like you said, it like it's the year of the blockbuster that comes back. Lots of exciting flying stuff this year with Top Gun and Nope. First horror film to be filmed with IMAX cameras. Boom, there you go. Okay, well, I didn't know that. It's also like the first horror film to do that, which, yeah, makes sense because they're usually not these big blockbuster uh, films. And um, yeah, if anyone can do it, it's Jordan Peele. Jordan Peele. Next up, we got a film that we'll get to talk about in a second again. Uh, I got Kogonadas after Yang at my number six. Uh, Lachlan, for you, that will uh, pop up further down on your list. So we'll both talk about that one once we get there. A little bit of a spoiler, yeah. But uh, what's your number five? Already throwing it back to you. Here I am once again with another blockbuster. What a shocker. But this was one of the earlier films in the year which kind of took me by surprise and i thought it was going to be my blockbuster of the year it wasn't very long until that got taken down by top gun maverick and then it wasn't Mm. for a while after that it got taken down by a film that's coming up however you can't deny the moment in this film look at this steel book look at this steel book it's still not as good as the the bullet train one but no, no, The no, moment in this film where he gets in the Batmobile and that engine starts up, everyone in the cinema loses their mind. Literally, everyone yeah. in the cinema loses their mind. This is, this is not the first time you've seen a Batman movie, and it's not going to be the last mm. time you see a Batman movie, but there was just something special about this Batman film that made it feel like none other. It, sure, it wasn't the same as The Dark Knight, and I think mm. that... A lot of us hold The Dark Knight in a very high standard, but if you go back and watch it, there's still a lot of plot issues. It's not a perfect film, but I think due to the fact that it has one of the best Joker performances, a lot of people will skim past the rest of that film. But The Batman is my favorite Batman movie. I'm saying it. This is a fact. Oh, okay. Wow. Stamp of approval right wow. here, right now. I yeah. think it's my... I, I don't think... Sorry. It is my favorite Batman movie. It was... Such a thrill ride to not have the Joker be the main villain for once, especially after having some pretty shitty Jokers and also having some pretty shitty Batman villains. Uh, Mm. Paul Dano is incredible as the Riddler. You have Mm -hmm. Colin Farrell, incredible as Penguin. And you have obviously Robert Pattinson 
as Batman. And that was also quite a shocker. Even Mm. though a lot of people were against it, I think that he came through and did an incredible job. I still can't decide which Batman's my favorite because Mm. I think each Batman is very unique in different ways. I think that uh, Christian Bale is the perfect Bruce Wayne. Uh, I don't think he's the perfect Batman. I think that Ben Affleck is a great Batman, but a shitty Bruce Wayne. But I think that Robert Pattinson is the closest thing that I have that it's balanced in both sides because he's a young Batman and he's a young Bruce Wayne who's still trying to establish himself. He's not the billionaire playboy. He's not the Batman that we know, and he can mold it into the character that we might not have ever seen before, which is perfect on both sides. So I'm very excited to continue on in this Batman universe that has mm-hmm. been uh, at least not shut down yet by the new DC overlords, which is good to, good to know. Yeah. Um, 2024, because, I think we're getting yeah, a new one. The sequel. At least that's the plan. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. So it, it's, it's good that they're not going to shut this down because it is probably one of the first good DC films in a long time. Speaking of long yeah. time, it is a very fucking long film. Um, mm. one of the, one of the films in, uh, it's probably one of the only films this year where I definitely felt the runtime, even though, right. <laughs> even though there is a longer film, uh, in my list, it's probably the only one that makes me feel the runtime as I do believe the last act or at least the last, you know, 10, 20, 30 minutes, uh, where he kind of goes back into the stadium. It kind of feels like, ah, oh, the movie should be over by now, but uh, yeah. That's my only gripe with the film. Uh, I still had a wicked time. Cannot wait to see a next one. I, I'm I'm curious to see if uh, the Flash, because that's supposedly coming out this year, I think in June or July. If it's happening, Michael Keaton is back as his Batman, uh, just grown up. If that one will make an impression, it's obviously not a Batman film, and they're not going to continue that side of the story. Unfortunately, with like something like Batman Beyond, Beyond or whatever, which would have been he would have been perfect for. Uh, but uh, yeah, a, a great film. Uh, visu- visually, the soundscape, uh, just oh, a great Sound cinematic awesome. experience. And uh, like you bring up the runtime, I feel like this has been the year of long films. We have mm. Babylon. We have uh, we, uh, there's there's Avatar. There's um, there's Batman. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front was quite long. Decision to Leave was long. Uh, Tar is quite long as well. Uh, the Fablemans, uh, it's just been a whole bunch of these really, really long films. Yep. Um, and I, I'm down for it to be cut down a bit more, but uh, I, I guess a lot of um, directors are getting to put their full vision on screen, and that one doesn't conform to like a 90 to 100 minute mm. uh, runtime, I guess, which, which is fair if we get something uh, like Batman. Um, and I guess speaking of full artistic, Vision, uh, my number fifth pick is another one that pops up uh, later on on your list yet again. So another spoiler uh, for, uh, well, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, my number five, we'll talk about it uh, in a bit. And I'm throwing it back to you yet again wow. to another man. Wow, But it's this me time again. he's talking about the man up in the north from Robert Eggers. He is moved away from the lighthouse and from the witch and is bringing you another uh, somehow blockbuster version the most blockbuster that robert, robert eggers 
can go and will never ever go again because this movie was a complete bomb at the box office, unfortunately. But The Northman, your number four pick. The Northman. Uh, here it is. Yes. The collector's edition 4K. Uh, my God. Uh, it, it, you were saying this just before, like people being given the creative vision and just allowing them to do whatever the hell they want. And that's what some studios are letting Robert Eggers do. And yeah, I want that to keep happening because this film was spectacular. Every single one of his films is spectacular. We just need more Robert Eggers. Uh, this was from moments that I heard he was making a revenge film based uh, in the Viking Age. I was so damn excited because hearing just the little bits coming out of it, seeing the little set uh, designs leak, see the hear the fact that he was making his own book. Like a, an idea book because there was so many things he wanted. The scale of this film was bigger than anything before. I was just so excited. Mm -hmm. And then to watch this film on screen was just an absolute joy. It was yeah, Agreed. fun from, Agreed, yeah. from the beginning to the end, especially the end. It was just a oh, probably, yes. and I'm going to say this now, the best ending to a film in 2022. Yeah. The most cinematic. Star Wars, Star Wars Wishes oh, episode three ended. It that was way. absolutely <laughs> gorgeous. And you cannot deny yeah. the talent that's in this film. I'm just going to read off the list on here. You've got Alexander Skarsgård. You've got Nicole Kidman. You have uh, Clay's Bang. You have Anya Taylor Joy. You have Ethan Hawke, Borg, oh, and also Willem Dafoe. Like, Willem Dafoe. Come on, man. You cannot yeah. deny that that is a wicked cast. I just adore Robert Eggers and it, it, it was hard for me to keep putting this lower because originally this was in number two and right, my number okay. two I completely forgot about my number two when I was adding it in because it isn't technically yeah. a 2022 film so I didn't have it in my 2022 list when I was just spamming all these 2022 films in because it technically yeah. came out in 2021 uh but worldwide released 2022 but we'll get to my number two shortly but it kept being put down a little bit, but it just could not get past the Batman. It just could not. It was spectacular. Mm. I am so disappointed that it was a flop at the cinemas because it was, again, yeah. one of those moments where I walked out of the cinema going, fuck, that was a excellent experience going to see that on the big screen. Um, I've yeah. tried watching it a second time at home. Just didn't have the same experience. I did watch the final right. scene, though, and that was absolutely spectacular. Um, but mm -hmm. I feel like this is one of those films that is made for the big screen. Uh, yeah. so yeah, that, that's why the Northman is my number four. It's my number 12 pick. It just barely didn't make it into my top 10. I considered, uh, bopping, uh, either Triangle of Sadness or The Whale further down. Uh, yeah. it could totally be my number nine spot. And I champion the film. If you haven't seen it and you like this type of, uh, epic, tale with a lot of like gruesome action that doesn't really hold back it's also a film that blends character study with incredible action when you get this really hurt character who's set on revenge and then it's ultimately about the revenge not going to be fulfilling for him but he cannot get off this trail he's kind of 
setting his own fate. What an incredible ending. My, yeah, might be the best ending of the year, in my opinion, uh, other than maybe uh, something like the whip uh, up part in the Fablements. Um, what an incredible film. Uh, go check it out. Unfortunately, you cannot anymore in theaters, but I agree. This was, to me, one of the highlights of the theater experiences uh, of the year. Okay, Lachlan, um, the overlap in our list uh, lists has ended. And Yay. I um, am moving to a film that you uh, ended up talking about before that I'm really bummed that didn't make it onto your top 10 list. But uh, Martin McDonough's The Banshees of Inishirin is my number four. Uh, we just recently had uh, a discussion in last week's episode about the film. So I guess you can get our full on thoughts on it here. So I'm not going to go like full into the film here yet again but it's just a really pleasant surprise it's my favorite um comedy of the year yeah because everything everywhere all at once is yeah no i got it higher here <laughs> so banshees of inishirin my favorite comedy of the year stamp of approval from the quiet unset podcast and just yeah a fun ride to go on um great writing amazing performances uh go check it out it's out on vod uh readily readily available to you Lachlan, quick one Handing it back to you for your number three pick. Uh, we got the last big blockbuster on your list. So. And the best I'm so surprised. blockbuster I'm so of the surprised. year. Are you surprised this is on my top 10? I'm so, so am I. surprised. So am I. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. it was the best blockbuster experience I had all year. 100%. Mm -hmm. I was so shocked that it made it onto my top 10. And I was so shocked that I liked it more than I did because I was shitting on the original uh being like yeah. it did not culturally change <laughs> us as a society no one remembers it but i'm going to remember way of water for being the best cinematic experience of 2022 and mm -hmm. i guess that's what it would have been like if i got to see the movie in cinemas in 2009 with the original avatar the way of water like yeah you weren't born yet <laughs> my Number sorry, yeah, I was, I'm, I'm nine years old right now. I'm not 13 years old right now. Sorry. The the this film was a shock that I enjoyed it so much. I just it, it's the reason I love movies is that you can make a world like this and it can be as actiony as this. And sure, it's got some really dumb plot points and it's got some really stupid writing in it. At least mm -hmm. it doesn't have the really bad voiceover as often. But uh, Avatar: The Way of the Water is my shockingly number three pick of the year. It, it yeah. should be on everyone's top 10 list because if you did not have a fun time watching this film, I don't know what's wrong with you because this was the most fun I had in cinemas all year. I was losing my mind. There's a really boring part about, I don't know, halfway through the seven-hour runtime of this film, but like it's yeah. such a great film no matter what. <laughs> Do you want to guess where it ended up on my list? 100. You're close, 112. Oh, so close. <laughs> But out of 320 movies, I guess, to justify it, it's not like at the bottom yeah. of it uh, there, but uh, I just didn't really connect with it as much as you did. But um, I, it's undeniable that it's a great cinematic experience and yeah, yeah keeps pushing it to uh, different in different ways with uh, holding on to 3D, the high frame rate. Uh, we both don't have access to an IMAX theater anywhere close to us. But also that, uh, just heaps of stuff technically and also story-wise that are unique about Avatar. But yeah, man, I feel like uh, going back and forth uh, with my next pick, my number three, is a nice tie-over because we do have uh, 
two uh two huge directors um Stephen and James you know these two have made Stephen uh, and James long anticipated films um Stephen Spielberg in that sense that he tells a really personal story uh one of his own uh coming of age as a filmmaker uh he returns as a writer for the first time since Kubrick handed him um, AI, you know. Uh, so it's been a long time and he's not really typically known as a writer-director. <laughs> the Fablemans was such an experience that you can really see that it's this personal thing for him. Um, and I just completely adored it. We also just got to do a recent review on that film as well. So go check that out. To uh, hear our discussions where we go into the details of, of every aspect of the film. Yeah, man, I just had a really personal connection. It made me motivated to finally get back to maybe creating a bit more myself instead of just talking about films uh, all the time. Uh, it had really has had a big impact on me and uh, I'm a big Spielberg fan. So uh, I cannot deny him a top three spot on my list. But Lachlan, um, for, for those of you who are really perceptive and know that there's two films that I skipped over, you know, there's two films left on Lachlan's list. So there's got to be a bit of an overlap with the next one. So Lachlan, what's your number two film of 2022? My number two is your number six. Yes. After Yang. Uh, Ooh, yeah, you said it came out in 2021. It was, a, I didn't even know that, but it premiered at Gun and then was playing at Sundance. And shortly after, it came out on streaming uh, this March. That's where we caught it. Yeah, man. Talk about Koganada and After Yang. <laughs> man, I don't, I don't know. It's just uh, this film was absolutely spectacular. I've never seen a Koganada film before. And this yeah. was my first experience, and I'm I'm shocked. I don't have a a 4K. I'm afraid. I I really wish I did because mm -hmm. this film was stunning visually, absolutely stunning. Yeah. Everything about it was gorgeous. I fell in love with. I mean, I fell in love with Colin Farrell's acting ages ago, but yeah, seeing mm -hmm. him as Penguin and then seeing him in this. And then also seeing him in Banshees as well really just reassures me that he's one of the, the most dynamic actors working today. He just has such a yeah. range that it, it's shocking to, to not want more of him. Why does he not? Why, how is he not more popular than what he is? He's just a spectacular yeah. actor, uh, one of the finest working today. Uh, and it's the same with uh, Jodie Turner-Smith also in this film. Uh, absolutely mm -hmm spectacular actress this entire film after watching it was one of the only experiences where afterwards i sat there and thought about you know life and you know you know what it, what does it mean to be alive and it, you know mm -hmm. this is i talk about how you know going to the movies is all about action 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 but this is the other side of film. This is the old Lachlan coming out where I was like, I want to make movies <laughs> to tell stories and, and have I want feelings and emotions. And, you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it, it's interesting <laughs> that all of my you know, previous choices have been Top Gun, Maverick, Prey, uh, uh, sorry, Top Gun, Maverick, Action, Prey, Action, Athena, Massive Action, uh, Fire of Love, a doco that's doco. very violent because it's about volcanoes. Uh, nope, another crazy horror film, The Batman, an action movie, The Northman, an action movie, you know, Avatar, The Way of the Water, just a, a massive blockbuster. And then you have 
after Yang. And it's kind of just a massive left turn uh, on my top yeah. 10. But mm. it's spectacular storytelling and it, it wasn't my fastest five-star rating. It probably was a, mm-hmm. it was a four and a half when I first did it. And then I bumped it up to five after sitting on it for a day uh, because the fastest five-star rating I gave this year uh, was the next film. But after right. Yang, I, I, I cannot suggest it enough to anybody to go up, pick it up and watch this film because it's also interesting in the one sense, in, 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 one, in one way I like to, I want to point this one out because I found this entirely interesting. There is a, I guess, a plot line that you expect the film to go down when yeah. there's a character that's talking about, you know, spying and, the, the, you know, the, 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 mm. the secret governments and shit like that, and it never goes there. It's kind of just like a, here it is, and then they never bring it up again. And it takes such balls for a, a director to kind of, you know, suggest, oh, we're going in this direction, and then they go in the complete opposite. So. Uh, yeah. Koganaga has my seal of approval of uh, excellent storytelling material. After Yang is my number two. What an in- incredible film to have uh, there! Uh, it's one of the rare films that you know because I watch three hundred and twenty films, I have to prioritize which one I, I I give the time. Although you joke, I do have a lot of free time. Ends up not being that much free time when mm. you when you watch multiple movies a day. It got the rewatch treatment uh, shortly after. I think I've seen it like two or three times now, and just those moments where. Uh, you know, we get to see moments replay from different pers- perspectives. That film filmmaking, I've never seen done that uh, before. Yeah. In that way, that effectively. It's and gorgeous. It is beautifully touching. It's such a somber little movie that, like you said, takes turns and doesn't um, over-dramatize or try to make something bigger out of this world than it needs to be it really stays small with its characters it has some of the uh i guess a bit more when it comes to the awards i guess undervalued performances of the year but uh overall we do have like on our top 10 list we have three films that uh colin farron starred in also the three out of five total uh i've seen four of the five films that he started in this year like total you know he's done a lot but he's just done quality stuff the only film that didn't pop up on a list is Ron Howard's 13 Lives, which was quite okay, but he's not that big a role in, in that. He's just, he plays a real guy. He's amazing in After Yang. And I don't, I don't know, between the Banshees, which is a bit more eyebrow acting and, and more stuff, and then the full-on prosthetic stuff in the Batman. Here, he's just this, this father. He tries to care for his family. He's trying to connect with his wife. And he's uh, trying to connect with Yang. And yeah. uh, it's beautiful. This this movie is beautiful. Not that it's particularly sad, but you just watch someone's memories, and I noticed like a tear coming down my eye. It's 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 like that type of film. Um, beautifully captures w- what life is in a sense. And uh, yeah, that's your number two pick and my number six. Let's move on to my number two, which is a close second to my number one. It ended up being uh the number one spot for the majority of 
the year one that uh, played that gun i missed it there which it has in common with the next one then i i caught uh, at a convention in locarno and i'm mentioning this because i i went to this convention for the cinema that i work at distributors show their movies a bit earlier to see like if it's the vibe for our theater are we playing this movie and fuck yes we are playing this movie once it comes out it hasn't come out yet it hasn't had like a big release just yet uh so it's technically a film that can pop up on my 2023 list again <laughs> um but close is a, a little belgium film that completely took me off guard and at that convention, we had a conversation about uh, someone in our team is vehemently arguing that film is losing all of its identity, that every film that is made, uh, he's way more critical than I am of it. I think he's going overboard with it a tad bit. But he said that like most of the films have no reason of existing because they're not, not artful. And he feels like Anything that is just commercial shouldn't uh, overall exist. And I would argue, well, there's more than enough reasons that commercial films should exist. But I get the argument that like identity is stripped away from it. And then shortly after our discussion, we went to see Close. And at the end of it, I got up, had tears on my, <laughs> tears running down my face. Uh, he was like on the other side of the theater. I looked at him and said, that's fucking cinema. And that's what Close is. It's this really emotionally engaging story about uh, two 13-year-old boys who share a bond. Uh, maybe there's more to it, maybe there's not. And um, then something impactful happens in their lives. And you just see the ripple effect that it has on every single person. I feel like the reason I took it off its number one spot is because it is really dramatizing uh, trauma in a sense. And it's it's probably one of the best films I've seen that do ever. And I ended up crying like a record amount. <laughs> and like to me, is if a movie really makes me cry, it's it ends up being one of my favorite films of the year. That's just kind of how I'm wired. Uh, so that's close. Uh, go give it a try once it comes out. Uh, Lachlan, I know you haven't seen it. I think it's not going to be totally up your vibe. I could see it be in your top 20 possibly, uh, but not really one for you. It's just... Like, this really was a movie made for me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go in with that warning, I guess. So after all of this conversation, fuck, it's been a long recording. Uh, yeah, it's a long one today. Number one, number one, film of the year. Uh, I saw this one coming as soon as I saw it. As soon as I saw this film, it was the fastest five stars that I gave it, and I immediately knew it was going to be my yeah. favorite film of the year. And it was really hard to top it, because it's basically everything I want in a movie. It was... Mm -hmm. So much fun, and oh. it was telling a wicked story, and more importantly, the comedy was just right up my alley. Then, after learning that the directors didn't know if they're ever going to get to make a movie again, they just wanted to squeeze every little bit that they could in. This made me like this film so much. So, the Daniels won my heart in 2022, and with their film Everything Everywhere All at Once, I uh, selected it as my number one movie of 2022. I know it's Ewan's number five, and he obviously uh, yeah. is a bit more of a film guy, so that's why he's got Banshees. Uh, that's why he has The Fableman's Close, and then his next film, Up After Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. But for me, this was just the perfect mixture of everything I wanted out of a film in terms of dramatically, in terms of blockbustery. In terms of comedy, in terms of 
Uh, just yeah. wicked performances, cameos in a way. It has a bit yeah. of everything. And it has some of the most heartwarming moments I had in, in a cinema and some of the most mm-hmm. laugh-out-loud moments I had in a cinema. So for yeah. me, the most immediate five-star, and as I look across the letterboxed uh, activity from my friends, uh, it is one of the most positively approved. Number 13. Four, four and a half. Four stars, mm-hmm. five stars, five stars, four and a half, five stars, five stars, four stars, five and a half, five stars from almost everyone who's watched it. Uh, it's got a 4.4 yeah. on Letterboxd. It is just such a amazing film. Uh, sorry. It's I also got to, Im- I was talking about it so much that yeah. I forgot oh, that I have, I, yes, I have it on 4K. You do own it. Um, mm-hmm. oh, Which man, unfortunately just... isn't the best poster to, to choose for the Blu-ray. Oh, God, no. The, the original the, the art is it's so, so cool. good oh my god it's incredible uh and also i think just recently became one of the few films on letterbox i don't know how many there are across one million logs on it as well wow. which would be that popular and then number 13 really shows you that there's universal love for this film it's uh, i think becoming one of the front runners to take home best picture and i would champion it uh i would you know the other I guess things going up against it are maybe the Fablemans and Banshees. And yeah. although I do have them higher here, I would definitely love to see all the awards go to everything, everywhere, yeah. all at once. An indie darling from not an established filmmaker making it all the way up there. That's inspiring. And it's fucking amazing. And I had to chuckle while you were talking because, you know, there's there's certain sex toys that pop up in, like, there's certain yes. toys that pop up pop up in the film that had some of the best laugh out moments for me uh as well like it was a movie where i was i usually hate that guy but i was that guy who was clapping in the theater and ah. I was, oh, fuck i love that i was it was really loud as well the whole theater was um and i i was chuckling because i just looked off and saw my cat uh play <laughs> with the sex toy and i thought it was, <laughs> was the perfect moment <laughs> The perfect moment. We're talking about everything, everywhere, all at once, and somehow they snacked something and were carrying it around. They definitely have to take that away from them. So that's me oversharing. Uh, Jesus, <laughs> just thought it was perfect at this moment to have it right here. Uh, but yeah, definitely um, the movie of the of the year. If you probably ask a whole bunch of people. Uh, so glad to see it represented at the very top of your list. That 2001 Space Odyssey moment as well had me so howling. Good. I think it was probably the, the, the hardest and the loudest I've laughed all year. Uh, it really <laughs> was amazing to see. That's your number one. Uh, it's not my number one. Close to it, though. My number one, uh, I got another really critical darling. Um, to me... This is a toss-up of actor of the year. Obviously, actress of the year to me would go to Jenna Ortega for the year that she's had. Uh, but to me, between Colin Farrell and uh, Paul Mescal, there's a toss-up there because my number one pick is After Sun, the directorial debut from Charlotte Wells. Uh, I just rewatched this uh, on Christmas Day and it uh, with my whole family and made me... Cry again. That's the criteria for my top films of the year, I guess. And it's so beautifully touching. It worked so much more 
even though I already loved it on my first watch with the um, kind of foreshadowing that you get with the dancing with her dad. Uh, if you haven't seen it, really, it's out on VOD. Go give it a try. Uh, it's a really slow film that maybe some people aren't going to connect with it as we talked about so many blockbusters and big event cinema. But also the really subtle small stuff has been so great this year. And uh, After Sun is just the pinnacle of that. And I think I'm already making a statement. That's why I put it over close. I think we're not going to be talking about close in 10 years. We're definitely going to be talking about After Sun in a decade. So my pick, my movie of the year, uh, After Sun. So, oh, Lachlan, we've been here for a while. I don't know. We've coming up on almost a two hour long recording. I don't Ooh. know how long this episode will uh, end up being or how much <laughs> I get to talk. cut out of us rambling. But uh, let us know what your top 10 was in the comments um, below and some stuff that you'll be watching from our picks. But that's it for today. There's not really much that's releasing uh, as the new year uh, starts to roll in. Uh, the only wide release we got in the States uh, is Megan, uh, the horror film. January is uh, kind of known to be a bit of a dump when it comes to movies, uh, stuff that hasn't, uh, isn't relevant uh, to come out like just as the year closes, just kind of pushed to January. Uh, but we also got some um, quite promising stuff coming up for the rest of the month. The Last of Us TV show is coming out uh, next week. The first episode for that. We'll give that a try and let you know if it's uh, worth checking out. But some of these films that haven't premiered yet for you locally, you might get in ja January or February. So still uh, have a look at the theaters uh, to maybe even get in the cinematic experience for some of these. Uh, we can really uh, put our word behind that being worth it. Uh, but Lachlan, if you had to send people uh, somewhere, somewhere off to their room, their theater to go check out a film, what would you pick for them? I think it's just going to be the shocker of my most recent watch, Fire of Love. I feel like everyone should just go watch it. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful film. Uh, I feel like it's going to be missed yeah. by a lot of people. It's on Disney+. Plus. You can see it if you've got that streaming service. It was just... Mm -hmm a wicked experience and you might not even want to like just listen to it like, i mean actually you could just listen yeah. to it you could just listen to yeah. them talking but you could also just turn it off and just watch it in the background and it's just got some mm. stunning cinematography so fire of love everybody great pick from you i'm just being pretty straightforward here and picking my number one pick after sun out on vod now go give it a try if you want to but that brings us to the end of today's show next week like i said there's not too many new releases and we won't be talking about megan i might end up catching it probably at some point but it's not going to be the main theme of next week's show we're torn between some of the films we missed we'll decide internally what we'll be watching could be white nose broker decision to leave maybe uh Get Lachlan to watch After Sun. I don't know. We'll see, but uh, check back in next week. But if you don't want to miss new episodes of the show as we go over the 2023 releases as they release, then uh, don't forget to subscribe and maybe leave a like as well if you made it all the way to the end of the video. Thank you so much for uh, watching. Uh, again, drop those lists down below as well and go check out uh, Lachlan's list and my list. They are linked as well in the description and um yeah man really looking forward to chatting um with you throughout all of 2023 uh lots more to come on the channel and uh, looking forward to it so we'll be back next week hope you had a good start into the year and we'll see you soon <laughs>